0: So my name is Lexus Um At Lightyear, we are building solar-powered vehicles uh, in one of the most cloudy countries on Earth. Um, we're doing that already five years ago. V- five years ago, we started building these, these solar-powered vehicles. Uh, together with a team of about 20 students, I crossed the outback 3,000 kilometers to one of the most remote places on Earth. Uh, and we competed in a World Solar Challenge. Maybe you know the World Solar Challenge. It's, uh, competition, the the, uh, championship for solar cars. You have to build a solar powered vehicle that can cross the whole outback. And we learned one very important thing. And that is how we could accelerate the transition to electric cars. And before I go into that a bit deeper, I want to bother you a bit about where I come from and why I'm doing this. So it started for me in Africa. I was born in Africa. Um, And my parents there worked for the UN. And what I found very interesting and fascinating is that my my father there used a computer and an internet connection and some satellite imagery to predict crop yields. So we had this very high-tech piece of equipment in the 19's in Africa uh, to really have an impact there in Africa. Um, And I can prove that I was really there. And then I moved back to the Netherlands when I was five, um, and then at some point when I was 12, I read in a magazine that you had a phenomenon called greenhouse gases, and that we as as humans were polluting, and uh, therefore causing this climate change. And I was like, wait, we have cars, we have trucks, we have rockets, we have planes, we have everything we need, and this is too hard to solve. and also, it was like, yeah, you have these kind of things at every corner of the street, uh, and these actually solve the problem. So why can't, can't we make a better tree? A lot of better trees, and then we'll solve the problem, right? Um, and actually, when I, when I grew older, uh, it still felt like a really simple problem. Because uh, you have a house, you put solar panels on top of the house, and you solve the problem, right? Um, but of course, that isn't the whole story. At some point when I was 18, I um, realized, okay, okay. transport also needs to be sustainable. Uh, So back then in like 2012, the first, 2009 as you say, the first electric cars were coming up with a Tesla Roadster, for instance, and you could connect them to your house and then you'll have sustainable transport. Easy as that. Um, But then I realized, yeah, okay. Putting solar panels on the roof of a house is really easy. You don't have to replace the house, right? Uh, If you have to make transport more sustainable, you have to replace all of these cars. So right now, in the world, you have one billion cars driving around. So we need to replace one billion cars to make it sustainable. Uh, And then, to make the system really work well, you kind of need a charging point at home, and you need a charging point at work uh, to, to balance out the energy and this whole story to it. Uh, so we need about 2 billion charging points. That's quite, quite a well uh, a challenge, I should say. Um, and then, of course, these charging points don't get their energy for free from somewhere, so uh, you need a sustainable energy source for that. And then I was like, yeah, you just use the solar panels of your house, right? And then I dig into it a bit deeper, and I realized that the kind of the solar panels you put on your house, you need to... Uh, to power your home instead of your car, etc., etc. Especially when you have things like heat pumps that will uh, uh, need to heat your house at the point when we don't have gas anymore. So, okay, then you need to get your energy from somewhere else. Um, so, we need a grid for that, and this is the current grid. Uh, and actually, what they predict is that if you use heat pumps and electric cars um, to be more sustainable, what happens is that the peak demand at the grid will be about five times higher. That is the research we are doing at the moment. And you can solve that in a couple of ways. Right? You can improve the grid. Uh, you can also install buffers, like batteries, to shave some peak load of it. Uh, but then, of course, you also need to look at this problem. We need to make, actually, the energy uh, sustainable as well. So. Um, and then you get to the story of, I think a lot of you know this, uh, you need a lot of buffers, you need heat pumps, you need uh, solar parks to, m- to really get to a sustainable grid. And I think this needs to happen at some point in time, in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, it will happen. Um, but it's a very complex task. It is, and there's a lot of chicken and egg problems. Like, if you don't have electric cars, you probably don't have charging points. If you don't have charging points, you don't have electric cars. So uh, that doesn't make it very kind of a straightforward way to solve this problem. And think of other places, like this is India. Um, in these places where the grid isn't that good, uh, you have even more work to do and more coordination and more effort. Um, so what the car industry is really focused on right now is looking at the last one. So replacing the car, like I just said. But maybe uh, we should make the problem a bit bigger. Uh, We shouldn't say we have to replace all cars. No, we have to replace the whole infrastructure and put it inside a car. And that's the thing we're working on. So this sounds kind of uh, too good to be true, but I will explain why gradually we're getting to a point that is actually possible to do this. So um, this is the only graph I'm going to show to you. What you see here is... I see the dates don't work very well, but you can kind of guess what it is. Um, I see a solar car. And you see energy consumption is the gray line. And then you have solar yield, solar input on that same car, um, is the yellow line. What you see, because the solar cells are getting more efficient, are improving, uh, the amount of energy you get from the roof of a car is increasing by quite a lot. Then the same thing, what you see is that the energy consumption of these vehicles is going down and these are this one-seater solar cars you see in Australia Uh, they're very fast and very efficient so they don't need that much energy and at the moment we're at the point that they provide much more electricity than that you need to drive to your commute Uh, so you can take a step further and that's what we did in 2012 in 2012 we realized that we're now at the point that you can be energy-independent, so you don't need a grid, at a point that you have four people in the car, uh, and you can really make a family car out of it. So that's what we did. At the right, you have Stella. You can see it's really optimized for aerodynamics and weight and not optimized for aesthetics. And um, the next one is the the, the car we built two years later. And a funny thing to say here is that the second car is about 20% better, 30% better than the first car. And that's not only because of our genius designs, but also because of all the technologies that have been improving in the meantime. And we really, it was, it was great to drive there in the World Solar Challenge to have a group of people, 20 people, really committed to one goal. Um, it really gave you the, the feeling of independence when you drove there without needing anything. Like, you're there, right in the desert, without needing gasoline points, whatever. And we managed to win the first time because we were much better prepared than we expected we needed to be. Uh, we won the second time, and we won the third time. And at some point, we realized, OK, I think it's time for the next step. So in 2019, we realized you can make a, quite a nice, exclusive, luxury sedan. Uh, that drives on solar energy, because it has quite a large roof. And the most important thing, actually, is that if you extrapolate this line, at some point you will arrive at city cars. And this is a mass market. You have a mass market of small cars that you can fit with a solar panel and it can drive sustainably. Um, so we started Lightyear two years ago, in order to start now so we can get to the mass market in about 10 years' time. This is the vehicle we're building at the moment. Um, we are very happy to collaborate with great designers uh, so we can improve the aesthetics. And we sell this car about a thousand a year, uh, starting in 2020, uh, for about €119,000. Uh, and the great thing about this car is that we focused on the fact that you need only two energy sources. You need either the sun or normal power sockets. And the great thing about these two is you have them anywhere in the world. Even in India, more than 80% of the people have access to electricity. So these power sockets are available. And the great thing about this, then, is that we we added four-wheel drive, and uh, it has some more ground clearance, so you can really drive anywhere. Um, And the trick for us is, how do we make this work? Um, First thing I should say, it has a battery. So a lot of people ask us, can I drive at night? Yeah, of course, you have a battery. Um, And the battery is quite big, actually, because you can buffer all the solar energy you get in one week and use it in another week. And then we reduce the energy consumption of the car by improving the aerodynamics, by making it a bit more lightweight, uh, and using in-wheel motors. And in-wheel motors don't have any uh, uh, gears, so they're much more efficient. Uh, And of course, you can still use a charging port. So how does that translate to real usage? and it's kind of a new concept you really have to grasp. What you see here is the, the amount of grid charges you have to do uh, with the, the vehicle we're building. And it is, uh, you need 20 grid charges throughout the year if you drive 20,000 kilometers in the Netherlands, in Rotterdam, for instance. But now, if you start looking at other locations, it will differ from place to place. And uh, it will differ because of the amount of kilometers you drive each year. So for instance, Barcelona. You only need well one charge, but this is only ten thousand kilometers, right? Not that many people drive ten thousand kilometers. So if you go to thirty thousand kilometers, you see uh, that you need quite a lot, uh, quite a bit less charges during the year. And what I just said, this this technology will improve over the years. And we have some very happy customers uh, that already pre-ordered the Lightyear One. Um, we have an office where we have a lot of people. Uh, working with a lot of dedication of these vehicles. Um, and the great thing is that because it's something very important to work on, uh, a lot of people from all over the world are saying, like, yes, I want to, I want to collaborate, I want to work with you guys. So the team is uh, growing bigger and bigger. We have a lot of partners that help us very well. Uh, we're building a production facility uh, from, in order to build these 1,000 cars in two years. and our roadmap. So we're starting small, a 1,000 a year, uh, but we can progress to premium and mass market uh, after that, because when you look at a solar car fundamentally, there's nothing very expensive in a solar car. The batteries are getting cheaper every day. The solar cells are getting more affordable every day. Um, The same goes, the only expensive thing we have at the moment is the fact that we are in low volume, and the fact that we use some lightweight materials. And because solar cells and batteries are getting better, you don't need to use these light materials anymore in 5 to 10 years' time. And this is where it gets really interesting, I think. And this doesn't only apply to solar cars. This actually applies to the whole car industry. Because if you start sharing cars, electric cars, the price of usage of a car can drop dramatically. So when you look at the total cost of ownership of a car, kind of you have two big chunks. You have purchase price of a vehicle on the one hand, and energy use on the other hand. And the purchase price of a vehicle, of an electric car, will go down quite a lot, because the most expensive part of, a, of an electric car, and the most complicated part of an electric car, is the battery. and You all know batteries are getting cheaper. Then the second part is the energy if you compare the energy cost of an electric car to the energy cost of a gasoline car, the difference is immense. And then if you realize that solar energy is getting cheaper and cheaper, then the energy cost can come down tenfold. And if you start sharing these vehicles with all these people, and cars will drive ten times more, and that's quite realistic actually, then the purchase price per a kilometer will also go down tenfold. So. Actually, driving can be 10 times more affordable than what it is now. And of course, you have to add taxes to this and a lot of other cost components, but there's really, really big potential. And this is even a bigger statement, but I think this is really achievable. If you do the production and the usage of, um, uh, of cars using solar energy, then you really can get to 100 times cleaner. And that means you can get. Uh, from cities that are full smoke right now and then have ten times more mobility within that city and then a city without smoke how amazing is that and the great thing the reason why I really believe in why solar cars can make an impact is that you can start really small and this goes back to uh, the story I told you about my father having a computer so these vehicles you can put in any area and the only thing they need is a power socket every few months. And you will be able to drive. You will be able to enjoy mobility. Uh, so that means you can scale from one to a lot of cars in very little time without very little impact. Of course, you have to produce the cars. is the most difficult thing. But there's no chicken and egg problems anymore. There's no waiting, no interdependencies. And that means you can really start improving the climate uh, one car at a time. Thank you very much for listening.